Clap our hands unto the Lord, please, tonight. My, 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 my. Praise God. Praise God. My, what a week, what a week, what a week we have had. I, uh, I am, I have wept, I have wept much this week. I have laughed. I have enjoyed this week tremendously. Preaching, I thought how it could not be any better, and yet somehow it seemed to always be just a little better. Seemed to be just what we needed. I salute these elders behind me. I salute these sponsors of this great PSR meeting. And I too have lived from that memory of that PSR meeting. Let me, let me read tonight. The time is late, and the only thing I suppose standing between us and going home Sometimes that can be dangerous. Second Samuel, please. Chapter 23. Two kind of preachers makes me want to preach. That's good ones and bad ones. Amen. <laughs> We've had good ones here at this meeting. We've had good and we've had better. Amen. Now I'm reading tonight from Second Samuel chapter 23, so familiar, appreciate you standing. Again, let me say thank you. I've just got to be me tonight. I, I cannot be anybody but me. I, uh, sometime I wish I could be, but I can't. I'm going to have to be me. Familiar scripture here tonight, Second Samuel 23, verse number 11. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Arite, and the Philistines were gathered together. The Philistines were gathered together into a troop. Where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled. Everybody say the people fled. People fled from the Philistines, but he stood. He stood. He did stand in the midst of the ground. And he defended it. And he slew the Philistines. <laughs> and the Lord, the Lord wrought the Lord wrought a great victory in that place that day. Say praise the Lord. And you may be seated. I want to reintroduce to you, not that you don't know him, but I'd like to reintroduce to you tonight Shammah. A man who would fight. He would fight. Over a hill of beans. He would fight. He saw the big picture. He, he would fight. He did fight over small things. Small things. Now, chapter 23 of this book of 
23rd chapter of Samuel uh, has some mighty, mighty men in that chapter. Mighty exploits. Uh, I read about one man that killed 800 men. Now, beloved, 800 is a lot of anything. Are you hearing me? I mean, that's a lot of dogs to kill. A lot of sheep to kill. But my Bible said this man slew 800 men. My feeling was that it was in one day. Another man slew 300 men. Quite a, quite a feat. He may have went home by noontime. I don't know. Another one slew until his hand claved to the... The sword claved to his hand. And into this mighty noble host of great warriors, here comes Shammah. Here comes our hero. <laughs> he, he may not really belong there, but he, he's there. One translation said it was a small piece of ground. Magnifying the importance of small things. The largeness of small things to fight for. Oh, I, 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 need, I need to preach here tonight. I, I tell you, and I, I need to say something. I want to say something, but I want to say it right. Oh, I want to keep this good spirit while I'm preaching. I heard the man say I had a good spirit. I, I want that good spirit, Brother Keys. And I want, I want to keep that good spirit. But I'm telling you, it's, it's time we, we talk plain. Uh, it, it's time we, we talk. Now, I, I don't know what, where they came from, but the Philistines were gathered together into a troop. That, the connotation is that they had it together. The connotation was that they was on a roll. The connotation was they was going from victory to victory. And the Bible said that the people fled. Now, I don't know what that means in Greek, but I know what it means where I come from. That means they got out of there like the gingerbread man. Run, run, run. The head wanted to stay, and the heart said stay, but the feet just wouldn't cooperate. And you talk about leaving on their mind. They said, we're going to go while the going's good, because the big boys is coming. Something happened to Shammah. Oh, God, I'm going to look for Shammah here tonight. I'm telling you, Shammah said, I don't feel like running today. I just don't feel like going home today. This is my bean patch. Well, that's what the inference was. I, this is my bean patch. 
You boys weren't here when I got the rocks out of this place. You fellas weren't here when I couldn't stand up right, man. I, I got some work here. Investment here. I, you talk about you talk about work. I'm tired of going home and leaving my harvest. I'm tired of planting and never reaping. I'm tired of harvest time coming and and me having nothing. Do you understand this bean patch represents my past? And it represents my future. In fact, my worlds are colliding right here in this bean patch. All of my yesterday is finding a fine point in this bean patch. And not only all of my past, but this is substance for my children. This is going to get us through the winter. Not only is it my past, but it's my future I'm fighting for right here tonight. I'm going to tell you, I just don't feel like going home. I just feel like fighting a while. Something come on that man. I'm going to tell you, they say you, you're going to make an issue out of a bean patch. Are you going to make an issue out of a bean patch? Shema says I'm going to make an issue out of a bean patch. Do you understand I'm going to fight for this bean patch? That was just a hill of beans to everybody else. But it's fighting ground to Shammah. You see, because the bean patch is connected to the barley patch. And the barley patch is next to the wheat field. And the wheat field is over somewhere next to the rice field. And then the wells. Yes. And next to the wells where neighbor Joe lives. Next to where neighbor Joe lives, that's where I live. And if I don't fight today, there won't be nothing to fight for tomorrow. Hallelujah. Somewhere we're going to have to stop the Philistines. Somewhere somebody's going to have to stand up and say, I'm not running no more. Run if you want to. Run if you can. But I came here to stay. Yes, yes, yes. 
You see, he saw the big picture. Everybody say the big picture. Come on now, we got to enlarge our vision. We got to enlarge our scope. Let me tell you how the devil operates. He's got a modus operandi too. He isolates little bitty units of life. He isolates little bitty areas of our life into such small segments that in themselves they don't seem important enough to fight for. When taken by themselves, you seem like some kind of an unbalanced, irrational, slow kind of a guy. They call you narrow-minded. They say you're so narrow-minded they can shoot both eyes out with one BB. And the devil isolates little bitty units of life and he, he slices little areas of church and family and life values that until if you fight over that, elder, you look like a fool. And even our peers and contemporaries Make fun of us. Because they say we're making an issue out of a small thing. It's not small enough to fight for. Oh, I want to dignify small things. And I want to tell this congregation and this generation of Pentecostals that if we don't start fighting for the small things, there won't be nothing left in just a little while. I'm finding a spirit that don't want to fight no more. I, everybody has felt that spirit. We had a poll taken of our illustrious baby boomers of which our celebrated illustrious president is a member. And 43% of these baby boomers say that they will not fight for America. Anytime. Anywhere. For any cause. 43% of them. And as a generation that are, that, that are in the grave, brethren, they gave their blood that you and I can be free. I saw a VFW sign the other day that said, if you appreciate your freedom, thank a vet. Thank a veteran. And now I have lived to see a day that 43% says America is not worth fighting for. I'm telling you, I'm a red-blooded American. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's not everything I want it to be, but all you gotta do is go to somewhere else, and you come home, and you thank God for America.
I have lived to see a day that that same Spirit has come into our ranks. And the connotation is, I want peace. Why, who don't want peace? You know anybody that's looking for trouble? Somebody said, I don't want to cause, I don't want to cause trouble either. But you've got to understand there's a spirit loose in this world. That's on a roll, brother. You hear me? It's on a roll. The Philistines are going from victory to victory to victory. And somewhere an old-fashioned fighting spirit came on Shammah. And Shammah said, if you get these beans, it's going to be over my dead body. And when you do, you're going to say you almost didn't. I'm looking for Shama tonight. I saw you today, sir. You had that faraway look in your eye. Others were dancing and others were rejoicing, but not you. you, you you've lost that sight. You've lost that sparkle in your eye. You've lost that twinkle. You've lost that sight. You, 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 you're almost gone. And, and we played from one end of this thing to the other. And, and somehow we hadn't come across your key or your tune. And, and the, this is the only thing left in PSR. And I'm reaching for you to tell you that there's something left to fight for. I don't know, I don't know if Shammah had been there before. I don't know. I don't know if he did anything great after or if he did anything great before. But today, today, he says, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight one more time. Somebody needs to make up their mind that I've got something worth fighting for. Let me, ex- let, me, let me expose Satan here tonight. Let me tell you how he does this. Let me, let me, let me show that, that sorry uh, rat face. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, let me show you how he, he, he cuts life <laughs> into little bitty slices. That if you lose that, you still can live. You can make it. And after a while, he's isolating another area of your life. Then after a while, it's another little area of your life. And that's the way it is in church. And you can walk in a church and know if they've got a shammah in that house. You can walk in a church and know if that preacher's been fighting for little bitty things. Because I done found out that a man that won't fight for a bean field, he won't fight for a barley field. And a man that won't fight for a barley field won't fight for a corn patch. 
And then he won't fight for the well. And then he won't fight for neighbor Joe. Uh, God, and if you think he's going to fight for you, 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 you don't know much. I'm telling you, this thing, this is the way the gospel is, and this is the way it's lived, and this is the way it's defended. It's common men fighting for common causes. Nothing sensational. The, the gospel is not lived or won in conferences and conventions, but it's where the rubber meets the road. It's over a barley field. It's over a corn patch. It's over a bean field. For the whole world is going to laugh at you if you make an issue out of a bean field. But my Bible said he stood. And he defended it. And he slew. And the Lord gave a great victory that day. Oh, I want to say something here tonight. You know, I hear a lot of good preaching. They say, what they say? I said, well, they just, it was just good. You, you, what, what they say? Well, you just had to been there. It, it was so good. I, I, you know, one fellow said the way you preach is you tell them what you're going to preach. And then you tell them. Then you tell them what you told them. No, that's preaching now. You hear me? That's preaching material, brother. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that the Philistines have come and the people have fled. And don't pay attention to what the people are doing. When Moses came down from that mount and they were dancing around that calf, he said to Aaron, Aaron, what did this people to you? You weren't this way when I left you, bud. What did this people to you? The people have changed you, Aaron. And the people fled. But here's a guy that says, I don't feel like fleeing. My life has been divided into little bitty sections. Now, I, I want to say this if, uh, you say, well, Brother McMullen, some things are not worth fighting over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a diff I'm gonna beg to differ with you. You had a large estate. You came in tonight from this service. And there was a group of hoodlums, and they were camped on your front lawn. And your wife said, "Honey, what are we gonna do?" And you say, "Oh, we're not gonna do anything." We still got the house. Somewhere. Somebody has got to make an issue. Have I still got a good spirit? 
brethren. And they moved into the garage now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still got the house and wives. And what, what are we going to do? Ah, uh, don't worry. Don't worry. We got a good lock on that front door. You don't get the point, sir. You don't get the point. You'd rather fight them in the yard. Because tomorrow when you come in, they're going to be in the kitchen. They're not really after the front yard, and they're really not after the bean patch. What they're after is the whole thing. What they're after is the well. What they're after is neighbor Joe. What they're after is me. They're not just wanting the bean patch. I have lived to see a day that we are mocked and we are ridiculed if we make an issue out of a bean patch. They minimize it. They look down on you. They think you're unlearned. They think you're not progressive. They think you don't love souls. If somewhere you say, I'm going to fight for this bean patch, bud, you're not getting it. And if we don't fight today, there won't be nothing to fight for tomorrow. And not only will there be nothing to fight for, we won't want to fight tomorrow. We too will be say, I'm tired of fighting. You know the men that are tired of fighting is the men that would not fight over a bean patch. Hallelujah. Oh, let me name this bean patch here a little while tonight. I sure want to keep a good spirit. I'm telling you, I'm tired of everybody that preaches about a bean patch being accused of having a bad attitude. I got more witnesses here that I got a good spirit than I ever had. I got a good spirit. Is that right? These men know what a good spirit is. You see, the bean patch is connected to the cornfield. Let me talk about the prayer room. That's a bean patch. Okay? It's not, it's not worth much. It's just a bean patch. <laughs> Nobody wants to make an issue over a bean patch. Or some little ignorant shema. You see, he sees the big picture. But the devil's going to isolate this, this, this bean patch in this prayer room. And they're going to say that was a time that we needed that prayer room. But now that we are so large and we are so blessed, we don't need that bean patch anymore. What they don't understand is the bean patch, the prayer room, is connected to the song service. And the song service connected to the praise service. Hallelujah. 
and pity, pity the pastor that says, hey now, we're going to go to the prayer room around here. Church starts when you get here. And we just gather in the large auditorium at 7.30. I am seeing huge multi-million dollar edifices built with not one room designated as a prayer room. Conference rooms, my God, by the dozens. Committee rooms to meet the committees. Then you got to have the ministry rooms. One fellow told me, he said, I got, our church has 39 ministries. They're all active except three. I said, what's your ministry? He said, well, my ministry is I coordinate the ministries. That's the one I'd want. He said, I get two tables. Powerful, man. That's powerful. I am watching multi-million dollar edifices that will, will boggle our minds when we see these. And you say, where, where is the bean patch? Just go back out one of them Sunday school rooms. What we don't understand that if we won't fight for the bean patch, if we won't fight for the prayer room, we won't fight for the worship service. We won't fight for a victory in worship. Brother, worship is the breath of the church. And a church that don't breathe is dead. Worship is one of the biggest words in God's vocabulary. Worship. The battle is over worship in every service. And when you break this battle of worship, the preacher preaches better. The singers sing better. The testifiers testify better. The musicians play better. I'm talking about a bean patch. I'm talking about somebody that will fight. Will fight. My God, if there's any fight left in you, I'm reaching for it. If there is any violence left, I'm reaching for it. I'm not talking about a mean, destructive violence where you do injury and harm to men and women, you miss the point. Dedicated, sanctified, focused, directed violence that does injury to the enemy, Philistines. Somewhere this old bean patch, it, it's not worth fighting for. Then, then there comes the time when the preacher comes to that pulpit. If you've not fought for that prayer room, you see it's connected, beloved. It's connected. You, you've got to see the big picture. It's not just the prayer room that the devil is after. But he's after the prayer room. 
He's not just after the prayer room. He's after worship. And he's not just after worship. He wants the preaching of the word to be bound. I'm telling you, there is nothing under heaven any more beautiful than a preacher under the anointing of this book. And the anointing that came on this man that wrote this book comes on the preacher that preaches it. And that same anointing comes on the congregation to hear and to respond. And everything else is preliminaries. That's exactly what they are, preliminaries. They may be good preliminaries, but they're preliminaries. They may be long preliminaries. They may be dry preliminaries, but my God, they're preliminaries. They're not the first thing. They're not the main thing. That, that first thing is when that pastor of yours, and by the way, your pastor is the best preacher you will ever hear under heaven. By the way, I'm for the pastor. If you can't say amen to your pastor, don't say amen at PSR. If you can't appreciate your pastor, don't come in here and uh, amen the preacher. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, I believe this. I said, I believe this, man. I'm telling you, somebody better pray, God, baptize me with a fighting spirit one more time. There ain't nothing like it. Nothing like it. When that man of God takes that Bible and he walks to that pulpit and the congregation understands that he's preaching tonight on one God. You say, why one God? Because the Philistines is after that too. I am hearing a weak apostate defeated, polluted cry comes that says it don't matter how many gods there is. That's those fellows that wouldn't fight for the prayer room. They wouldn't fight for holiness. No, I'm going to get on that if I can. That's a bean patch, brother. I said that's a bean patch. I want to say something here tonight. I don't want to talk in parables. But it's going to be with a good spirit. God. Brother, as long as you keep a good spirit, you can say it. Hallelujah. Because if you ever say the wrong thing, you've got a bad spirit. It's the reason you've got to keep that good spirit all the way. That man of God stepped to that pulpit 
And he says in the beginning was the Word. <laughs> and the congregation's on the edge of the pew. Mm, preach it, Pastor. And the Word was made flesh. So help me, I still love it. I still love that old message. So help me, I still love it. I still love it. I still love it. And he's preaching. And the congregation is saying, yeah, talk to me. I was in a place of the evening and the fellow said, take care of business. I took care of business. And he said, the, it was the word made flesh and not the spirit. Hmm. Talking on one God. And the church loves it. There ain't nothing like it. And I shall love him. Hey, that still thrills me, brother. I said I get excited about it. Oh, I got to hurry here. Let me tell you where the, let me tell you where these Philistines are going. It's not the bean patch they want. They want the well. They want the doctrine. They want our holiness standards. They want our stand on television. They want our stand on video. They want our stand on jewelry. They want our stand on split skirts. Sneak that one in. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Man, I, I couldn't have said that if I hadn't had that good spirit, Brother Wilson. Or sometimes you get bold when you get a good spirit. Somebody said, you're going to make an issue out of that? Shammah stands up and said, you better believe we're going to make an issue out of that here. Right here. It's going to be an issue. Right here, it's going to be an issue. I'm going to fight for this bean patch. Mm, it's just not a bean patch that the Philistines won't. No, no, no. Do you understand the modus operandi? To cut this thing up in little bitty slices and isolate it and put it way over there and make you look foolish and make you look unbalanced 
and make you look unlearned and sort of like a dinosaur and sort of like you don't love people and sort of like you're against revival and you're against evangelism and you don't know how to pastor a church you don't know how to have a big church Comes a time when you're going to have to make an issue out of a small thing. And can I tell the saints of this great host that when your pastor makes an issue out of a bean patch, right. you stand to your full height and you say, Amen, as loud as you can. Because he sees the big picture. He sees the big picture. It's not just one little area, Brother Keys, that, that this man has gone overboard and he's a radical and he, he's lost his ballast. No, no, no. The bean patch is connected to the barley field. And the prayer room is connected to the praise service. And the song service. But if you won't fight for a bean patch, you won't fight for a wheat patch. And if you won't fight for a wheat patch, you won't fight for a well. I found out that men won't fight for holiness. They won't fight for doctrine. I found out a man that won't fight to keep television out of the church. I don't mean we recommend and we suggest. I got that good spirit, brother. I got I'm telling you, I, I found out that a man that won't stand against television won't stand against video. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. I'm going to tell you a man that won't stand against jewelry and won't stand against television and won't stand against video and won't stand against a dress code. If you press him, he won't stand against doctrine or for doctrine. He will not do it. Thank God for these men that stand behind me. You need to thank your God every day of your life that God put a shammer in my life. I'm telling you, we got to go home from this place in a fighting posture. That we're going to fight for prayer time in our home. That we're going to fight for a family altar in our house. 
We're going to fight to get to church early. We're going to fight to get to church early. We're going to fight to get to the prayer room. We're going to fight to keep a good spirit. We're going to fight to help our preacher preach like he's never preached in all his life. Oh, I got to hurry here. I got to hurry. Hallelujah. Let me get back to doctrine just a minute. It's become a bean patch. It's become a bean patch. I'm seeing men that don't want to fight to keep Trinitarians, I say this kind, out of their pulpits. A bean patch. That's right. I am seeing them have concerts. I am hearing them embrace. I heard of two Church of God men that just came out of the Trinitarian doctrine that are so excited about this one God message. And when I see others going back that way. I see men that won't fight for this. Brother, I'm telling you, I really want a good spirit when I say this. I don't want to be here with some kind of a, a, a judgmental or a vindictive or a, a vendetta in my spirit. I'm just telling you that there are some things worth fighting for. And it don't matter who has them and where they have them and how big a crowd they get. Shema said, I'm going to fight for this bean patch. Can I tell you that there is still something exciting to me? about somebody going down in the water. Can I tell you there's still something exciting to me about old-fashioned repentance? Can I tell you it was just a subtle little move to remove our altars from our churches? Can I tell you that it really wasn't that much and we justified it easy? It didn't mean anything. Say, oh my God, look at that narrow-minded guy. Say, it's just a piece of furniture. I probably bought as many as you have. I know how much they cost. They sell them by the foot. And they're expensive. I think I've gone stone deaf here tonight. Can't hear a thing. I think I'll pull over and park a while. Still got this good spirit, brethren. It's just a sly little maneuver there. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you what, you know what, that makes it better to come here and just stand and receive the spirit. Esau couldn't find a place to repent. 
I'm telling you, it's getting harder and harder to find a place to repent. Because everybody wants you to receive the Spirit. It's getting hard, brother, to find a place to repent. Because we're counting how many got it the first night. Can I tell you it's impossible for some people to get it the first night? God, I, done, I, I heard that little five-amp fuse go pop. Now, you can talk in tongues that first night, but sometimes it takes people a little longer than that to die and to repent. The altar has done more for me than all singing conventions I've ever been to. The altar's done more for me, brother, than all the rallies I've ever been to. It's just a little old bitty thing, and Shammah didn't want to fight for it, and it's gone. All right, let me hurry here. I'm bogging down. But I still got that good spirit. Let me tell you something else, my friends. Folks that won't fight for doctrine. Doctrine. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that justice. I never did get on this, this business of dress code and separation. I never did really touch that. Let me touch it. Can I say it if I got a good spirit? I'm going to tell you what, brother, and some of us better, better start preaching sleeves somewhere. Somebody said, my God, what an old fogey, what an old dinosaur. Let me tell you what you're going to have. You're going to have a t-shirt generation in your congregation. The t-shirt Pentecostals are here. You know why? Because it was just an old bean patch. And if the pastor made an issue out of it, the people would flee. Oh, I'm bogging down here. <laughs> Oh, glory. Oh, say, I'm just telling you what I'm feeling in the spirit here. Nobody wants to preach this. It's an old bean patch. And if your pastor preaches it, you can go across town. Well, they just let you come on in, brother. Please come in. You don't mean that your pastor preaches that. Where is that in the Bible? Oh, you, he gave you a scripture, didn't he? Oh. You know, I don't, I don't remember where Shammah had a scripture to fight for that bean patch. It was just right. It 
It was just right. It was just right. It was right. And when you see that big picture, brother, you understand that the way people dress is connected to the way they live. And their hairstyle is speaking a language. <laughs> oh my God, I'm getting in dangerous territory here. I'm going to tell you there's nothing wrong with looking like a Pentecostal lady. I'm going to tell you, young lady, something. There's nothing wrong with looking like Mama and Grandma that live godly and holy and righteous. Nothing wrong with it. Somebody needs to say, hey, we're going to fight for this around here. And can I say this? Daddy, don't make your pastor have to do that. Why don't you be man of the house a while? Why don't you walk in and say, I'll take over now? Well, I got a good spirit right now. Why don't you walk in there and say, hey, our pastor said this, and that's the way it's going to be. You are responsible for everything that comes out of your house. now you know that's right you're going to want your shepherd to do your fighting for you or don't you stand up and say I'll take over now and she says anything say shut up got to have a good spirit when you say that responsible for how your daughter dresses you're responsible for how your wife leaves that house don't put it on this preacher up here to do that that's what you're for he tells you you take care of business I'm going to have to land this thing here tonight. I found out that a man that... Oh, I can't cover all this stuff. I'm going to have to come back in another 11 years, I guess, and finish it up. I can't touch all of this, these bases. Because I'm going to tell you I found out that a man that won't preach, that won't, that won't fight for a bean field, he won't fight for a barley field. He won't fight for the well. I found out that a man that won't fight, listen to me, somewhere you quit fighting. A man that won't fight for a prayer room, won't fight for worship, 
won't fight for liberty in preaching, won't fight for a dress code, won't fight to keep television out of the church, video out of the church. Am I saying that enough? I want to say it with the right spirit. Because when I get through, somebody's going to say, you didn't have a right spirit, but I do. They won't fight for doctrine. And then they won't fight to keep the church clean. You'll have a bunch of least funny boys around. We got an epidemic, beloved. I said we got an epidemic. It's the same fellow that wouldn't fight for rings against rings. It's that same fellow that felt like it was all right to watch TV in the motel. It was that same fellow that all of a sudden decides he don't want to be this anymore. He didn't just start this. He quit fighting long ago. And you go to his church or their church and you see these... These... Now i got to have a good spirit. I'm going to tell you it's bad when you got to have a good spirit to preach against sodomites. But can you believe that there's people that will listen to this tape? And they'll say, Mac Mullen hasn't changed a bit. I know what it's going to be when I get the tape. But I, but I don't preach this all the time. Just every 11 years. You know, when, when, when let, me, let me say this, and I'm going to land this thing here just a minute. But let me say this, when, when Samuel brought, brought uh, who was that, Eliab in, he said, I have rejected him. But when he brought those other two boys in, he said, I have rejected this. It was a this instead of a him. He brought the next one in and said, I have rejected this too. Didn't call him a hymn. That first one said, I've rejected him. I, I found out that, that Shammah has got to fight. You don't understand what your pastor goes through to keep a clean church. You don't understand the devils that these men fight. To keep that thing clean. And to keep it a holy. And to keep an old adulterous spirit out of your midst. An old spirit of flirtation. A spirit of fornication. And a spirit of effeminate. Can you believe that the devil will isolate this in such a small piece that if our preachers 
preach a strong message. Listen to me. I'm going to share it with a good spirit. But on marriage and divorce and remarriage, you just think you've got troubles. But somebody better draw a line. When you're not 20 years old and you've been married three times, and it's all in the church. I was at a place not long ago, and there was a person in that church that had been married ten times. You was there, Oh, okay, you clarified it. All right. You know why Shammah wasn't there, evidently? It don't matter. I'm not going to fight. Somebody better fight. Somebody better fight. Say, my God, I, that, that was it. No, no, that's not it. I'm telling you, somebody better fight. Somebody better fight to get these little funny boys out of our midst or pray them through and cast the devil out of them. And make them go lift weights. Do some push-ups. Put them on a running. Yeah. Get them fighting a little bit. Mess their hair up. Walk in and everything is so sweet and it's so lovely. And they put that little delicate hand in your hand. And before you know it, you've, you've, you've crushed it. You, you didn't mean to, but you might have meant to, but you didn't. And, and, and this walks off like this. And, 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 and this can't play. And, and, and this might have to use the other hand to lead the choir. I got a good spirit. Hey, I didn't ask to preach here. These brethren asked me to preach here. I apologize if I got a bad spirit. But if I know a good spirit, I got one. And I know what one is. Hey, don't you appreciate your pastor here tonight? Don't you appreciate these men of God? Hey, we're fixing a music. Come on, musicians. Come on. We got to land this thing here tonight. Hey, hey, hey. Listen to me. These are shamas up here, brethren. You listen to me. These are shamas up here. They're fighting to keep you a clean church. Let me tell you what you need to do. 
You say he knows it, she knows it. I'm telling you to do it in a how. You need to make your way by your pastor. If you can't tonight, make sure you do it Sunday morning. And you say, Pastor, I just want you to know that me and my family standing with you. And if you have to discipline my little darling, I'm going to be standing with you. And if you have to talk to me, talk to me. And I'm going to love you for it. And if we're doing something wrong, tell us, Pastor. And we're going to love you for it. And we're going to have a good spirit. Because you're Shema. And you see the big picture. You see the big picture. All I'm doing is fighting for this bean patch. And I can't see the big picture. But you see where this is going. And you see the direction it's going. And you, say, you see where we're going to be two years from now. And you see where this is going to take my children five years from now. And if you want us to stop, we'll stop. Just say it. And if you're the head of the house, you tell him, I'll see to it, it stopped. And if there's any problem, let him handle the problem. If there's any rebellion, let you handle the rebellion, Daddy. And don't bring it to the pastor and don't take it to the church. Get your business in, a, in home right. Come on now. Let's clap our hands here under the Lord. Sing something for me. I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, pick up your 